0: Who am I? You sure you want to know? The story of my life is not for the faint of heart. If somebody said it was a happy little tale, somebody lied, I will never forget these words. With great power comes great responsibility. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man.
1: Welcome to Now Playing's Amazing Spider-Man Retrospective Series. Spider Man, come out to play. Part of the now playing Marvel Comic movie series. The real crime would be not to finish what we started. Hosted by Jacob. Yes, he's conscious.
0: Sweet as always. Stuart. He's your only hope. You've got to get him to cooperate. And Arnie. You think he'd be more receptive to two ladies?
1: Come to NowPlayingPodcast.com every Tuesday and Friday for another Spider-Man movie review, ending in a week of release review of this summer's The Amazing Spider-Man. We're gonna have a
0: hell of a time.
1: Ooh, my
2: spider sense is (laughs) tingling.
1: If you know what I'm talking about... (laughs) But if your spider sense is tingling, it's because this podcast will have detailed plot spoilers and mild language, so listener discretion is advised.
0: Go get him, tiger.
3: Today we're discussing Spider-Man The Dragon's Challenge. I thought it was called Chinese Web. If you watch it on television, but if you're in Turkey or Greece or Portugal then it was in theaters as the dragon's challenge or if you own the japanese laser disc
2: <laughs> the spider-man movie so nice they had
3: to name it twice <laughs> and then bury it deep <laughs> starring nicholas hammond robert f simon chip fields ellen bry and directed by don mcdougall i am arnie co-host of now playing who will kill you for a steel mill Stuart in LA. And this is the host that looks Chinese
0: if I don't show my face, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, please take off that rice patty hat. I cannot tell who I'm looking at.
3: Kudos for finding any line that you could use. It was tough. <laughs> no, tough is watching all of the series of The Amazing Spider-Man in three days. That, sir, is tough.
0: <laughs> hey, you signed up for it, and I kind of was thinking about it uh, as of uh, Tuesday. Yeah, you like that one, Stuart. I was amused and intrigued. Understanding that I was coming to a low-rent, 70s television property, I thought they had a lot of fun when Spider-Man got in the suit. I thought they did a credible job of the origin. I would have kept watching, My Feelings about TV are very different about movies. Movies have to be close-ended, should have themes, all of that. TV just has to be compulsively watchable. I definitely thought it was that. But you actually took the bait. You watched it all, Arnie? I did.
3: I went down that path. I owned them, thanks to that dark alley at a con. All directly copied off of their original Japanese laser discs and crisp clean, and I decided to give it a shot. Oof, did I make a mistake for anyone who's been reading along with the Vengaza Media Gazette. I hope I have your pity. I have to say, though, the Chinese web is indicative of the quality of the rest of the series. So I'm showing my hand for the Chinese web. But I will explain as we go through this podcast where this series went so, so wrong.
0: Okay, well, if I recommend this movie, then I will watch all the episodes. I guess that's what you're saying. And I guess you're saying you're not recommending this movie
3: because I know how much free time you don't have. (laughs) Yeah, no. We'll get into it. But yes, this is the final episode of Spider-Man or The Amazing Spider-Man. The title kept changing. It was a two-hour TV movie special. That aired in July of 1979. This series, it did not have a very good life. It had the movie we did to start in 77. Then a year later, the series started in April of 78. And I think even the least educated on television goes, April? Doesn't the season end in May? Yes, it does.
0: (laughs) So uh, what took so long?
3: It's a 30-year-old TV series, information is exceedingly scarce, but much like Captain America and even the original Incredible Hulk, they did the pilot to gauge audience reaction and then bandied it about for budgetary reasons, and it was finally ready for five episodes at the end of 78, and then in fall of 78 is when it really got started. They did four more episodes, then it went on Hiatus, which is code for (laughs) ratings aren't doing so well. Two episodes came back for February sweeps. Then it disappeared until summer, which again, when they air the last episodes in summer, they don't want people to watch.
0: Yeah, they know you're at the beach. They know you're doing anything else. You're only watching this if you're in the hospital having your appendix taken out or something. There's no way that a kid in 1979 was going to stay home and watch TV when they could be out doing something else. Nowadays, it might be different. But summer, 79, no way. Especially a Friday night.
3: In 79, when the Chinese web aired and would later go on because I guess there are countries so starved for entertainment that what we crap out on a Friday night on television, they pay money to see in theaters in 1981. It became the Dragon's Challenge and the last Spider-Man would be seen in live action for well over 20 years.
0: Well, one thing I noticed looking at this now, having started with the beginning and come into the very end, is they made a few adjustments, I would say, to the cast and to the characters. Who are these people now? I feel like Peter got rid of everybody. Yeah, where's Larry
3: Tate? Larry Tate didn't survive the pilot. He was gone by episode two. A year later, they had streamlined the cast. Robbie Robertson was gone. He was just a token block though.
0: Yeah, they got another one. Now it's a secretary named Rita.
3: Yes, it's Jonah Jameson's secretary named Rita, who's a token African-American. But anyone who reads Spider-Man comics would know that in the comics, in the 70s, Jonah Jameson had a token black secretary named Glory Grant. So why did they name her Rita if there's Glory Grant in the comics
0: fulfilling that role? Please take this up with Arnie on some forum I don't have to read. (laughs) (laughs) But I did like the fact that it was Tootie's mom, Chip Fields. This is Kim Fields' mother. Oh, wow. I had no idea. (laughs) Yep. And Aunt May. Peter moved out. He got cool. He got out of college. I don't know if he dropped out or what happened, but he doesn't live with his aunt anymore. He got his own apartment in Manhattan. He's looking better. He's even got highlights in his hair. I mean, they definitely (laughs) tried to make him a little bit more manly this time. Aunt
3: May returned for one appearance in one episode after. But yeah, they got him out on his own.
2: Wait, in the Spider-Man series, you only saw Aunt May in two episodes?
3: Yeah, they decided to make it far more like... Again, any of these 70 series. Think about Knight Rider. You had Michael Knight, and you had Devin, and then you had the mechanic. Here, you had Peter Parker, you had Jonah Jameson, and you had the secretary, and that was the cast. And then, in season one, we did have Captain Barbera. They dropped him after the first season, replaced him with Julie Masters, played by Ellen Bry, who would go on to some fame on St. Elsewhere, who was a photographer at a competing newspaper oh
0: I get the vibe that they have sort of an unconsummated romance that they are toying with the idea that maybe if this series continued on in a second season that Peter and her might I don't know actually go on a date or hold hands or something brave like that
3: It goes back to what I always have to say about this kind of 70s, 80s TV show. I don't know why they do it. And all of these TV movies we've discussed really has me wondering why they do this. But they always have the woman who's in every episode who there's a flirtation with. But yet there's also the woman of the week. So the woman who may be the true love has to watch the hero bang other chicks every week. It's a weird thing. It happens here in the Chinese web.
2: Well, come on. They did that in Iron Man with Pepper and she was the other woman. It's a way to build a love story. I don't know why you're going to do it in TV where it's week after week after week after week and it's not a subplot to your overall narrative, but I don't think it's that far fetched.
3: Well, the worst part is they never get together ever in any series I've watched with the exception of Remington Steele, but that actually killed the series and Lois and Clark. Same thing. Killed the series. Moonlighting killed the, killed the series. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: so
2: I think we, think we cracked the code. This is why it doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Sexual tension works a hell of a lot better than sexual consummation when you're dealing with reoccurring characters on a TV adventure show. One other thing I noticed, this Spider-Man, he's not an outlaw. I mean, one of the things I always know about J.J. Jameson is that he's always – castigating spider-man he's part of the problem he's the reason why the bad things are happening not the solution to the problem but here he's like better than the police i mean i think people rely on him to get everything done he's got a free pass get out of jail free card and that
3: comes and goes i mean in the first season he had the partnership with captain barbera but by the same token he was also accused of stealing plutonium and all kinds (laughs) of other things But pretty much like any 70s and 80s action hero, he's there to do the jobs the cops just can't. And even Jameson, which makes me wonder why do you have Jameson in this series, but even Jameson isn't entirely anti-Spider-Man.
2: No, he didn't yell at the guy once. Like, that's Jameson. I complained about this with the last movie. If you take away that character, if you change it, and this said, it claims that Stan Lee was a script consultant. I don't know. Because there's not a whole lot of carryover from the comics in this.
0: He took his meds this time. I don't know what he was on, but he was feeling good. This is a very happy JJ. He is, and
3: he's been that way the whole time. It's just not in character, and it really makes him kind of a useless character throughout the entire series. We're supposed to like him. We're supposed to root for him. He's supposed to be someone with whom we can empathize. I don't know. I miss David White the whole series. The thing that I thought of with all of these openings that continues here to Chinese Web is they've also gotten rid of the opening music we loved so much of the pilot.
0: Sexy sax! That's no replacement for Boogie. I needed my Spider-Man to get his funk on, but this is almost easy listening now with all of this romantic sax music.
3: Yeah, I could not believe it that they took that away. I mean admittedly again the show went off the air for a year and 77 to 78 was a long time for disco
0: yeah i suppose they were burning down those casablanca records at this point it just wasn't hip anymore and they needed to bring spider-man into the 80s with a little bit more dignity i don't know not in that costume there's no dignity But yeah, a lot's changed here, and so I suppose we should tell the audiences what's going on this time for the grand finale. Why don't you give them a plot?
3: Min Lo Chan is a Chinese Minister of Industrial Development, but he's in danger of being wrongfully arrested and convicted for treason. During World War II, Min was a spy, but a Chinese teacher came to him and offered him $10,000 to sell information about the Chinese army to some U.S. Marines. The teacher was later found killed and the money gone, and now the Chinese government has charged Min. Scared, Min goes to the U.S. to his old college friend, J. Jonah Jameson, for help. (laughs) Because in World War II, Chinese and Americans always were bunk baits in college, right?
0: Wasn't that in the comic book, J. Jonah Jameson went to the University of Shanghai? But Min has forces conspiring
3: against him. Mr. Zeter, a Chinese businessman and crime boss, is competing for a $1 billion steel mill contract. Min is planning to give the contract to Canadians. But if Min is arrested or killed, Min's successor will give the contract to Zeter. As such, Zeter sends thugs to the U.S. to either kill Min or ensure he is arrested and convicted. Jameson gets Peter on the case to clear Min's name and Peter uses a marine contact to find the three marines who were the teacher's contacts. One of the marines is dead, another in the hospital, but the third is right there in New York, living under the name Professor Roderick Dent, Peter Parker's college professor. Oh, wow. Did everyone go to the same school? (laughs) Peter, along with Min's niece Emily, try to convince Dent, and Emily turns against Peter when they're assaulted by Zeter's thugs and Peter runs off. He runs off to become Spider-Man, but Emily takes it as cowardice. Dent is reluctant to come forward as he was charged with taking some of the money and killing the school teacher and give it a dishonorable discharge and has lived in hiding ever since. But Dent was innocent. It was done by another Marine, the one who's now dead, and the dying Marines.
0: <laughs> Convenient, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so, so much of this just neatly clicks into place, just like I love good script writing. <laughs> Isn't it always good script writing when everyone goes to
3: college together? (laughs) The dying Marine sent a letter to Dent, confessing and asking for forgiveness. And Peter tells Dent if he takes the letter before the Chinese government, then his name will be cleared as well as Min's. Dent agrees, so he, Emily, and Peter, and the entire cast and crew go to China to testify on Min's behalf. But now Dent is Zeter's target, and on the mainland, Dent is kidnapped and planned to be killed.
0: (laughs) It's a big production. You just can't do that with a shank and a smile. You gotta, like, take days. There's crates of beer, yeah. (laughs) Of boat rides, trams, you name it. Even Dent comments on it.
3: (laughs) By the time you get around to killing me, I'll be upset about the hospitality. (laughs) As Spider-Man, yes, remember (laughs) Spider-Man? Peter tries to rescue Dent and is shot with a poison dart. Emily takes Spider-Man to a doctor where he is unmasked and Emily discovers his real identity. But healed, Spider-Man uses his spider tracer to find Dent. He webs up Zeter's men, knocks out the criminal businessman, and rescues Dent who testifies and clears Min's name. And Peter goes back to New York while Emily stays in China to learn more about her uncle's culture. She and Peter kiss goodbye as the series comes to its ultimate and not too soon end.
0: Less than amazing, I got to say. Perhaps that's
3: why the series just became (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. I have to say, going into this, I had actually high hopes. The series had just kind of fallen in my estimation with overly complex, convoluted storylines that featured Peter Parker way too much, Spider-Man way too little, and were just far too damn hard to
0: summarize. Well, I'm so glad they fixed that here. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing
3: that this was a two-hour television movie, theatrically released, I really hope. That this would get back to some of the pure spider fun of that pilot movie.
2: While I didn't recommend that pilot, I saw some gems when we had that kung fu fight. I really liked the choreography there. We all agreed on that. And if I could get more of that, you know, this is called the Chinese Web or the Dragon's Den. We're in China. I'm like, whoa, we're going to see Spider-Man do some kung fu. Fight some martial artists here. That's what I was hoping for. Now, it was still the 70s. Bruce Lee was a, a big deal. I could go with that if this was just like a B martial arts film and that's what I was hoping going in
0: precisely, Jacob. I mean, I wanted Spider-Man to enter the dragon. That's what I want. I didn't want him to get to the den. I didn't want him in a web. I wanted him to fight a villain who wore steel furry claws, you know, and had a mirrored palace. Why try and make this into more than it should be? Spider-Man, this incarnation anyway, is at its best. When we're smiling, when we're amused, sure you can have topical villains, but just make it over the top camp and I'll ride the ride.
3: I agree. I think that's what they were doing in the first one, though, not Batman 66 level camp, but it certainly had some camp to it. And I just wanted some fun. But here, I feel totally robbed of that. And I was fine with it for honestly, the first hour, what would have been the first episode when they were in New York, you know, here, I'm, confused because I knew you two would be looking to me for a plot summary, so I keep hitting rewind. How does Min know Jameson? What is Emily's relation, granddaughter? No, no, niece. You know, trying to get the details that are said once, and we're just supposed to not pay that close of attention. I mean, I don't think anybody's talking about this at the water cooler the next Monday and needing to know these things, so they're just said so in passing. But I was kind of down with this evil... American living in China. He was American, right?
2: It was hard to tell with the resolution of the <laughs> copy I
3: had.
0: I think he was supposed to be Anglo. Not sure yes. what nationality. I mean, Hong Kong at that time was controlled by the British, but he doesn't have a British accent. We see him and he's in a purple Chinese getup you'd expect to see at PF Chang's. I don't <laughs> know what he is. Uh, you know, he's got these two kind of like debutante daughters that are being shown rare jewels and turning their nose up. And we don't like him. I think we can all agree, even before we find out that he's willing to kill to build a steel meal, we see him as an overprivileged jerk. I get that very, very quickly, but I feel like Spider-Man needs to have a villain that's... Super, someone that goes above and beyond, you know, that cult leader, he had sort of a hypnotizing gimmick and that made him a worthy opponent. This guy, I'd call him a suit, but he's not even in one of those.
3: (laughs) And he had fought some other people. He fought a telekinetic and perfect. And there was a guy with mind control, but by and large, it seems like every other TV series, you just have to pick a generic bad guy and go, and usually their motive is something to do with money. I think, you know, they went high, they went for a billion dollars, but...
0: That's gonna be one hell of a steel mill. And it's so much better than Canadian steel, we all know that. <laughs> I must say, it is both a relief and a bit of a disappointment that they didn't go for what I thought, which is, you know, when you hear Chinese web, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be like Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's. This is going to be a horrible, racist portrayal of the Chinese, who at that point in time in television weren't a lot of positive portrayals, I really thought the villain would not be a boring white guy. On the other hand, it would be more fun to heckle this movie than it is to endure it.
3: I thought the Chinese web and the dragon's challenge, my mind went to, there's a Chinese Spider-Man.
0: Yes. Or,
3: (laughs) Spider-Man is kidnapped and taken to an island where he has to do Kung Fu.
0: (laughs) That would be awesome. Yes!
2: That's, I mean... I didn't really mind this industrialist, espionage, whatever plot going on. Is it Spider-Man? No, but approaching this as that kung fu film, you know, this seemed like a basic plot for a kung fu movie. Let's put someone in danger so people could start fighting.
0: Yes, that is the best stuff about that pilot. If they had just taken it as a kind of Hunger Games thing, oh, Spider-Man is a good fighter, let's put him in our gladiator pit on some crazy island outside of Hong Kong and have him fight, I think that would have really been for the best. But we're given so many plots here. They want to build a seal mill, and the way to do that is to discredit the man that gives out the patents... Well, he's already been discredited. He has to stand trial for a 30-year-old murder. Why did he get tried now? I
3: couldn't (laughs) figure that out, and I glossed over it in the summary. How is it... That he is accused of treason, and yet he's the Minister of Industrial
0: Development. Not only that, but I just have to say, if this is China at that time, there is no way he is going to be allowed to hop on a Pan Am flight and head to New York to find the guys that might get him off. He would be whisked away and never seen again without a fair trial. That's just not going to happen here. This is ridiculous. He would have been replaced, and Zader would have had the stoolie that he wants to have in there to give him the contract, if that's indeed your plot. But the real plot is, or at least the one that I'm trying to hook into is, yes, is Minlo involved with an old murder? I mean, this all happens around the time of the Cultural Revolution. I'm hoping that there's some historical significance for having a murder plot, 30 years old, coming into this. And how it will impact and relate to J. Jonah Jameson. I mean, that's where most of the first hour is spent. Trying to track down the men who were the U.S. contacts for Minlo, Because Minlo was there. We do know this much. He was there at the time. There was a school teacher that introduced him to U.S. men. It's believed that he sold them secrets. But he's going to find the men and they're going to say he didn't sell secrets? Is that what the attempt is here? Yeah, that's the hope, is if he can find
3: these men, because he kept
0: that photo of these men who he didn't sell secrets to. Why would they even believe him? I mean, if they suspected him of treason, and if there's proof that the Americans had classified information that didn't come any other way, I mean, that's where it would have mattered. And I would have thought it would have mattered a lot sooner than 1979. But this is all a strange pretext to get Menlo out of Hong Kong and into New York So that he can reunite with his supposed good old college chum, J. Jonah Jameson, and reminisce about the old times. Two
3: points to that. First of all, did men even need to come to the States? Couldn't Emily have gone to J. Jonah Jameson and said,
0: Emily being the niece. That lives in America.
3: Yeah, and said, My uncle is in jail. You were his friend. You must help him. I have this picture. What does Min coming to the
0: US accomplish? Nothing in the age of the telephone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he's there. But yet, he can't go to the police, because if he goes to the police, the Americans will arrest him and give him back to the Chinese. So I'm like, well, how did you get into this country?
2: What you're forgetting is, he has that little black and white crumbled up photo. That's how he's identifying these Marines. They didn't have fax machines then. He had to hand deliver the photo. He couldn't have mailed it. What if it got lost in the mail?
0: All I'm saying is, if you were accused by Chinese authorities of having collaborated with Americans, that you can get on a plane to go have those Americans come back to China and said, no, he didn't. That's not going to build your case. (laughs) They'll either believe you or they won't, but they're not going to allow you to do this. You're right. There's no point to come to New York. And I don't think they should have, it would have been much more intriguing if Spider-Man came to them. Then my second point
3: is the way the whole plot gets kicked off for the series to involve Peter is that, Jameson is very sympathetic to his old college friend and is going to do anything in his power to help him, which is, again, as Jacob said, not the Jameson we knew.
0: Create front Page promotional. I mean, even before they stage his death, they're putting out character pieces on the front page about what a great guy he is. What to help his rap in New York? That's not where he's got standing trial. I mean, this ain't the People's Court. This is China. The more that you celebrate him in capitalist propaganda, the more they will disavow Minlo if they believe he's guilty of selling secrets and killing Chinese people. It's a phony baloney concept. I'm kind of holding on to it because I like a good murder plot. I'd like to see if they can tie a murder back to this communist revolution era that it would be happening. And it's an interesting time period they've chosen to set the murder, but truly it's all a very convoluted ruse. And to this point, we don't know when Menlo has last been here, maybe college, but I don't know why he would be allowed to go study in America and then go back To be a Chinese official that is suspected of working with America. I mean, you see my point. But here he is. Emily is his niece. He wants her to hook up with Peter. There seems to be some lessons and telling her to loosen up and not just trust her family, but to trust clumsy white reporters
2: which is odd because one of the other themes if i could use that talking about this movie is that emily needs to get to know her chinese roots but trust the white boy
0: yeah it's not a very good lesson i I agree if she were an american spent all her life in new york city i don't think that she would only trust her chinese uncle that's here to beat a murder rap i mean she would be very assimilated this is another phony bloney setup. I feel like they could do better with very little work, without breaking a sweat, we could have a better problem for Spider-Man to solve than what's dumped on us here. But this is the quote-unquote movie, so let's swallow it and move on. I gotta think, maybe
3: Jameson's harboring some secret resentment over Min getting all the American women back during their college days, which is uh, something Min does rub in his face, because he doesn't get his ace reporter on it. There's no Ben Urich here. It's Parker, the photographer.
2: Wait, wait, you're missing the point. Parker just
3: did a story
2: on a Marine, and they're looking for Marines. Surely he has connections.
3: To Ted Danson? (laughs) Hey, he knows every Marine's
0: name, right? (laughs) Looking at a 30-year-old picture. It's a blink-and-you-miss-it cameo from the future star of Cheers. Uh, I like Ted Danson. It was kind of funny to see him here in this totally useless, humorless cameo, but here he is popping up to lead
3: the way. I need to clarify, at this point in his career, it's not a cameo. It's a big role to tell his parents I'm on TV.
0: (laughs) True, it may be the first thing he's ever done. I don't know that he had done too much work prior to that, but it kicks the plot into getting us to Spider-Man, which is, of course, why we're all here. It's why we're reviewing this thing. What is Spider-Man going to do in this convoluted mess to make sense of it and to actually help? Nothing. Now, <laughs> oh, come on. There's plenty of fighting in this. I do feel like Spider-Man is forever entangling goons in these, dare I call them plots, uh, hits, Zyder has assigned a white dude named Mr. Evans to come to New York to kill Menlo. Because it's not enough that Minlow is going to stand trial and lose his job. They have to ensure that they're going to get the contract by killing him. So they keep hiring these people. Uh, it really becomes <laughs> a movie about how it's hard it is to find good help. You know, I feel like most of this movie is about you get what you pay for. They get these third string street hoods and they keep screwing it up. And the
3: reason I said he does nothing. Yes, there's fighting. But Stuart, as the person who for so many Hulk movies advocated for change, what frustrated me is at the end of the fight, everything was the same as it was at the beginning of the fight. Every time. It all appeared to be fights for fight's sake, which I could go for if the fights were in the least bit amusing, if they were well staged.
2: Yeah, I keep getting confused because you guys are saying there's a bunch of fights in this movie. Not really. There's some conflicts that could have turned out to be fights, but I don't know. Spider-Man skulking around the printing press looking for a clear <laughs> shot with his webs. He did not have the glowing Spider-Sense eyes in that first one rewatch, did he?
3: No, that came with the... Second episode, the my eyes flash like I'm possessed by a television.
0: I like that. I actually think it worked better. That was one of the problems I had with the pilot was that his spidey sense it was vague. if I didn't know that spider man had that power, I wouldn't necessarily get it from the way it had been edited here it's very clear, magic eyes, and then he sees things that are coming in a negative film exposure. I think that all works, and it's campy and it's funny. I do think that stuff adds to my enjoyment but you're right these fights are dead fish here i mean yeah he throws some newspapers around there's some real weird nonsense with him they wind up at a museum in brooklyn over that's a transportation museum to get microfilm what's on the microfilm on the microfilm (laughs) is come on you
3: didn't listen to every line (laughs) yeah I had dissipation? Come on. I, I had to. On the microfilm is the information about the three Marines because Zeter is gonna go and have all
0: of them killed too. But one's on life support and the other's dead anyway. Well, that professor needs to watch his back then. I can't believe it's that hard to kill Minlo, But if that's really what you want to do, if the man that is going to give your job away is walking around New York City without bodyguards... How hard is that? Pay a kid 10 bucks. I bet you he could take him out. It's New York in the 70s. What,
2: what I love is this head hitman who's supposed to be coordinating all this stuff. You know, after the first hit at the printing press goes wrong, he's like the whiniest guy ever when he calls <laughs> up a or I want to come back. To, like, for some reason, he really wants to get back to Hong Kong. I don't know why. I don't know why he doesn't like New York or the States, but he really wants to get back to Hong Kong. And he's got to kill Minlow for this.
0: He's my favorite one. His incompetence is spectacular. If you could edit it down just to be a movie about Mr. Evans and his failed attempt to be a hitman, why he might want to be a hitman. I feel like your movie is here. Put all the other strands from the Chinese web away. And this is a really funny 10 minute sketch about the worst hitman in the world. <laughs> He was so out of it that I refused to pay attention to him
3: until he, I'm like, he's still here at the end. The other ones come and go, like you say. There's actually a thing of, well, he's not coming
0: back. I need to go hire somebody better. I mean, it gets to the point, finally, when this gets back to Hong Kong, he hires like all the extras from Enter the Dragon. He finally gets an <laughs> army. And even then, he cannot accomplish a simple kill. It's incredible. But these people can karate chop through stone statues and do all these kind of complicated maneuvers. It doesn't matter. This guy is the embodiment of incompetence.
3: Once they get to China... I feel like this plot hits a big wall, though, because I was following it when it was in the States, and they were trying to convince this convenient professor, you have to testify, even though I'm not sure how he was convicted for a murder and is now teaching at a college...
0: He changed his name, and that's all that it took. I mean, is that
3: what it was? Yeah, <laughs> he was charged with murder and theft, and they gave him a dishonorable discharge, <laughs> not jail time.
0: Well, yeah, it was a Chinese person. It was wartime. Who knows why? It's it's very very thin. I think it's more awful that he's now teaching Far East studies at a college, and he hasn't been to Asia since he was nineteen years old. I mean, this guy has no cred even in his new life. I mean, you were bad then, you were bad now. Whatever. You don't endear me to Fleming. It's very hard to believe that this is Minlow's one shot at clearing his name. He has some confessional letter that a dead colleague gave him saying that he killed the teacher, and that's going to get Minlow off of the crime from killing the teacher. Again, a 30 year old crime that is relevant now for reasons unknown to me. And I'm sure that a letter is going to prove everything. No doubt about it. In English, yeah, I, I really think that that's going to fly. But it is a great excuse to go on location, and I gotta say, I was really delighted that they actually, I mean, this is not a back lot here. They didn't just string up some paper lanterns and say, we're in China. They went to Hong Kong. This is the real thing.
2: I was shocked by this. Arnie, you said it was struggling by the time they got to this final episode. I guess a producer, director, they wanted a vacation to Hong Kong, and this is how they got it then.
3: I honestly, the very first few scenes, I'm like, they went to Chinatown, and...
2: Arnie, in my notes, very beginning of this film, stock footage or location shoot?
3: (laughs) Question mark. I thought the same thing. I thought it was stock footage and Chinatown. And I'm like, wow, that's really convincing. And finally, I started realizing they're really there. Because those are the actors in front of Landmarks. Oh my God, they went to China
0: for this. Yeah, that's a great backdrop. It's where we should have been all along. I feel like if this had even keep him with this silly ass plot, if it had been, you have to help me. My uncle's locked up in China, standing for a crime he didn't commit. Can you bring him this microfilm or whatever I have to get him off the hook? That's it. You know, do that in 10, 12 minutes and then spend the rest of the time in Hong Kong and don't give me all of these honky goons being beaten up in parking lots. So much of what we do in New York is stalling until we get to here. You say this is not the good part, but this is where the story is to play out. But when they get here, literally, they
3: sightsee. I haven't seen (laughs) this much sightseeing on a TV movie since Family Ties went to London.
0: Yeah, it is that. And it should be reminded that TV special episodes, that is what they did. Facts of Life went to Australia. Yeah, it's a way of getting a paid vacation, I imagine. We worked really hard on this show. Let's go out with a bang. Let's go to Hong Kong. You write it in a night. We'll get drunk, wind up in Hong Kong, and it'll be hilarious. This really does feel like a tax write-off that we've wound up in this place. But I'm happy they did at least go.
2: Now, Arnie, I got to ask you, while they're touring around Hong Kong and we're learning all about Taoism, Peter slips a spider tracer, some kind of electronic device shaped like a spider, into Professor Dent's coat pocket. Now, I know you're much more into the Spider-Man comics than me. Does Spider-Man
3: really use spider-shaped tracers? Why, yes. Yes, he did. It's one of his trademark items. Of course. (laughs) He also, though, around the same time, had a giant spider spotlight that he wore on the front of his belt that he would shine upon criminals to instill them with fear.
2: Wait, did he really have a utility belt? Because this Spider-Man in this film has a utility belt.
3: Spider-Man had a utility belt. Where do you think he kept his replacement web cartridges?
0: In those very oversized bracelets he has. (laughs)
3: He had a spider tracer, which early on, he did have a little computer gizmo that would ping and he'd be able to trace it. Later on, he learned he could tune their frequency to his spider sense and follow the spider tracers with his spider sense.
0: I want to know, did he check the suit? I know this is pre-9-11 and all that, but how did he get the Spider-Man outfit through customs?
3: Maybe he wore it under his clothes. I mean, he did that most of the time, right? That's why it's so tight, His he put it under his clothing. I would feel safe wearing a spider suit through security. I mean, even if I get one of those back matter things, they're not going to see what my undies look like. They'll just see my junk.
0: I was wondering that, because whenever he becomes Spider-Man, it was always mystifying to me. You know, trouble would happen, the eyes would flash, and he'd run away, presumably so he could take off his street clothes and be in his Spider-Man gear, that's what you're telling me? Did he ever think about, oh, maybe I'll just take on these guys, they're gunmen, they are ten seconds from reaching us? Can't he use his powers? This is one of the things that really bugs me about this whole
3: show, is that, yeah, he's always Spider-Man. He doesn't need to step away to do something. Ralph in The Greatest American Hero had to have the tights on, and Hulk had to Hulk out. There had to be something to imbibe them with the power. He's... Spider Man at all times, in the case of gunmen pointing a gun at you and your friends, why wouldn't you just, you know, tackle them with your spider flexibility instead of well, I'm gonna run now and hope they don't get shot while I change into my underwear. Furthermore,
2: Artie, you said Aunt May only shows up for a couple of episodes. I mean that's the whole reason he comes up with this disguise is he doesn't want his loved ones to be hurt. Like it's the classic secret identity why you wear the mask why you hide out when you take that away He's just kind of a jerk that wants to play dress up while his friends get shot.
0: Well, Emily certainly seems to think so. She's convinced that he is a coward. You know, he at one point there are gunmen in their uncle's apartment and Peter jumps out the window and her thought is he's a coward. I'm like, "No, suicidal, <laughs> but not a coward." I don't know why she's concluded that him jumping out the window is him getting away, but whatever. She never makes the connection that he has run out to turn into spider-man he had to leave the building to be spider-man i mean why not just close the door I, anyway <laughs> it gets
2: even crazier once they're in china because lo and behold spider-man shows up i thought he was in new york but the professor and emily can't figure out who spider-man is why he keeps popping up in china just happens to be there the same time they are idiots how is this guy a college professor
0: He's invested interest in Minlo and everything that happened. No, it makes no damn sense why this would be. And none of this does. You're right. Unfortunately, they are sightseeing here. They're supposed to be getting a man off of death row. And instead they're like, yeah, but let's go see the temple and take a boat ride. <laughs> and I mean, come on, really? I think there's more at stake here. You probably should be focused on why you're here and sightsee afterwards.
3: They're given the explanation that they have to kill time and Dent refuses to hole up.
2: Yes, he's the one that says, I want to go sightseeing. I haven't been here in 30 years. You know, the last time I was here, we are shooting the people, but now I get to sightsee a
0: bit. And this time, we have assassins and spies swirling all around us. So what a good idea to go into crowded city streets, and what you know it, I'm abducted. At least they finally accomplished something. They put men in the (laughs) hospital
3: and faked his death. But even Zeter's like, You guys aren't competent enough to actually kill him, I don't believe it. But here they actually capture Dent and
0: decide, hey, would you like tea or beer? I know! They're actually trying to bring him beverages. I'm like, how hard is it to put a bullet in him? Evans, at this point, is calling Zader, being like, well, I can't do it now. They put up, like... They put up posters! Yeah, if you had, like, a missing cat or something like that, and put it on a lamppost.
3: And those posters, how'd they get them made up so quickly? Don't tell me they had kinkos in 1979.
2: (laughs) Um, actually, well, not in China.
3: (laughs) And they had a picture just ready, just in case he gets kidnapped while we're over
0: there and we need to mass produce posters. By the way, he has a letter. You don't even need him. I hate to be cold about it, but let him get killed as long as you have the letter. I don't think anybody's going to believe him or the letter. I figured you needed <laughs> both. Anyone could forge a letter. They do this in Hong Kong, all right? Densely populated city. They don't speak the language, but somehow these posters turn all of the into looking for the man they've abducted. And so now evans feels he has to take him to a remote farm to do the job they take him to the remote farm they still don't do the job they take him finally to zader's house i mean it is constant procrastination as evans ever killed anyone and at what point will zader realize that his man is a coward that he's given it to the wrong dude
2: what's even worse is going back to the spider tracer they're looking for dead not just the tracer is shaped like a spider but the little device that tells you where the person is is, is shaped like a spider, even though it has, like, north, south, east, west on it. And we get, like, what, a half hour of helicopters flying around. Peter jumps out, runs around for a while. Well, gotta get back in the helicopter, because the van drove that way, like...
3: What was the point of that? Much like any of his costume changes, they put him in this big outfit, which you were referencing at the very start of the podcast, Jacob, including the rice paddy hat, and he walks around just long enough to go, they're driving away, come get me. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I feel like Helicopter is not the way to chase these men. But I again, I don't know why he's alive. I don't know why he's on a boat. I don't know why he's in a coffin being driven on a van. I feel like much like us with this podcast, they were trying to stretch it
3: out to make a running length. <laughs>
0: perhaps, or maybe they just wanted to let them see all the sights before they put the bullet in them. But be that as it may, he saw more of China than he probably ever had before, thanks to these courteous assassins. And they they have
3: this whole convoluted thing. Well,
0: we will take him out to these other lands where we can kill him right there, and it will be clean and easy. Even when they take him to Zyder's palace, it's like, we must wait until nightfall. I'm like, there's no one here. It's all your men. The daughters don't care. Just do it. They hit him in a giant beer crate. Like, people can't see what they're carrying around.
2: They think it's beer. How hard would it be to just toss a whoops, a case of beer fell off, drowned at the bottom of the ocean?
0: At its heart, this is a very amusing comedy about hitman incompetence that should only be five minutes. So what can be salvaged from all of it? I do feel like in the last ten minutes of the movie... Finally get some kung fu. We finally get an army of dudes in tracksuits who can actually kick a little ass. I'm excited now. Here's the problem.
2: Spider-Man finally realizes that he has webs and he doesn't need a fight. He just shoots people (laughs) with their webs. So they do a couple of cool moves and he's like, boom, you're caught in my web. Boom, you're caught in my web. I don't even get a damn kung fu (laughs) fight in this film.
3: I know, and this is a problem I had throughout the entire series is sometimes he would never use the web and you'd get these protracted silly fights and I'd be like, Why don't you web him? But here, it's like he stood there just long enough to have a showdown. They'd air punch and shadow box. And then, yeah, boom, web done. It's like (laughs) you're robbing me of any excitement. If he'd done it one time, that would be one thing. And again, if this Spider-Man ever really talked as Spider-Man, maybe let him web the first few. But because there's an army, I don't know, go to the old trope of my web cartridges are empty. Now I have to fight. But no, we get nothing. But I was so pissed off when he webs the final group of bad guys. I'm like, is that all you're going to do? Yes. Yes, it is.
2: This is with ten minutes left in the film. This is what I've been waiting for. I was so pissed off. I was willing.
0: If I could get some good fights in this last ten minutes, I'm recommending this.
3: No. No, you wouldn't. No, you
0: wouldn't. (laughs) No, but I feel a lot better about laughing with it. Instead, it is constantly not giving me what I enjoyed about the pilot. It's probably worth pointing out that he does resolve his issues with Emily. At some point, Spider-Man gets hit with a trank dart, falls into a bay. The bad guys don't fish him out, just some villagers pull him out. He somehow winds up back in custody of Emily at the hospital. And a doctor who would rather give him acupuncture than actually (laughs) treat his wounds... (laughs) That's how they do it in China, right? <laughs> Ancient Chinese secret, eh? <laughs> but she finally finds out that the coward Peter is actually the Spider Man who's been protecting them all this time. That's a new thing, right? He didn't do that every week. He didn't lose his secret identity to every tart of the week, did he? No, I
3: was surprised. There were several who like came close who suspected they went to L.A. one time and suddenly Spider-Man showed up and a reporter was like, Peter, are you Spider-Man? He's like, do I look like Spider-Man? Oh, no, you're not (laughs) Spider-Man. But (laughs) no, this was something special that didn't happen every week and I don't know though, I never really felt a blossoming romance between these two. I honestly didn't get anything from them until that very
0: last scene. No, he learns to trust her, but the whole point that the uncle wanted was her to trust him and that exchange doesn't really happen.
3: No, get that horrible scene where Peter's like, if I'd known he would go in the hospital, I would've stayed. I would've stayed. Like He's all torn up when
0: he saved their asses. No, it like someone much of this nonsensically written and just dramatically unsatisfying even as camp so when they're kissing goodbye at the airport good so long see ya or not the end
2: yeah i love their elastic change emily's i've decided to stay here to learn what it means to be chinese yeah i can understand that
0: never mind your apartment and job in new york and anything i mean do you speak the language even your uncle is still back in new york but yeah why not stay
3: And I really was trying to figure out when I saw this, I actually, God help me, but I watched the whole damn series, went back and rewatched part of the second half, because I'm like, is this supposed to try to teach American audiences about Chinese culture? Are we supposed to be engrossed during these sightseeing scenes and educated and understand her desire to reconnect with her culture? I don't get any of that from her, though. I just don't.
0: They're playing a couple bells and some chanting at a temple. That's about it. Like I said, I think the real stuff wasn't filmed. It was the cast and crew whooping it up at the bars in the nightlife. I do think that someone had a good time, but it doesn't sound like it was us. <laughs> well, let's find out. Jacob, Stewart. Do you recommend Spider-Man
3: The Dragon's Challenge, Jacob?
2: Look, I want to say that I actually, in theory, liked this more real world villain plot thingy more than the pins that made you into a hypnotized zombie. But I liked how this one at least started off feeling like just a B martial arts movie. You know, with this weird, thin plot that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's enough to put people into danger and get to the fights. The problem is we never get to the fights. This is a Spider-Man movie where Spider-Man rarely shows up. So the few things that I did like about the Spider-Man film we reviewed last week, I didn't recommend that. I could see that it could go in a direction where I could get to a recommend. This one takes a step back, gets rid of all that camp, gets rid of the good fight scenes. So we get a whole lot of boring. There's some nice sightseeing. You know, if, if you like learning about Afghanistan and Rambo 3 or Okinawa and The Karate Kid 2, then I guess I could recommend Spider-Man The Chinese Web to learn more about Hong Kong circa 1979. But no, not
0: a recommend. Stuart. Well, I think I owe Hulk an apology. You know, last time <laughs> last time earlier this week I was like, I kind of am amused more by Amazing Spider-Man than I was the Incredible Hulk pilot. But I don't know what happened in between here and now, but this thing is as bad as that second Hulk movie we watched. It's actually worse. I hate to say it, but this has no compulsive watchability anymore. The Disco Spider-Man camp that was funny It's worn thin, you know. He shoots silly string, and I can break free of it very quickly. It's not worth your time here. If you want to laugh at silly Spider-Man, stick with the pilot, and the rest of it can be junked. And me, there's a line
3: near the end of this movie when Spider-Man finally rescues the professor, and the professor says, I didn't know you worked outside New York. I think this is proof he doesn't. (laughs) This movie... Is the cherry on top of a crap Sunday of a series. <laughs> it started off so good, and I thought it really had some promise, but really, all of the episodes are like this one. They're all endlessly convoluted against unfulfilling bad guys with personal motivations that, be it it's J. Jonah Jameson's friend or it's Peter Parker's classmate, just aren't fulfilling. It's all so contrived that when I started looking at all these episodes of the series, I really felt that I would end this by going, damn it, if only this show had had a chance. And I ended it going, damn it, why did I waste that time? I wish this series had never existed. (laughs) Why didn't
0: they cancel it sooner?
3: (laughs) Seriously, if this had been like Doctor Strange for you guys, where they'd only made a pilot movie and no more, I could sit around going, oh, what could have been and had fond imaginings. No, I got the reality and it is bad. It's really terrible. Now, I've read on Wikipedia and all these places, Spider-Man was not cancelled for low ratings. Spider-Man was cancelled at the same time as Wonder Woman because CBS didn't want to become the superhero network. Spider-Man was too expensive to keep on the air. I have to think that the people who edit Spider-Man TV series Wikipedia pages are, by their nature of doing that act, biased against typing, CBS realized Spider-Man sucked because I have to think there's got to be some of that component in there. There has to be more than just, we're too much of the superhero shows. If the superhero shows were really successful, they say in the first season, which again, five episodes. This was the 19th show of the season. There's nothing I could find about the second season ratings. I think that audiences jumped out the window with Peter and never came back. I'm never coming back. Not
0: recommend. Not coming back to this series. We'll, of course, be doing a lot more Spider-Man in the weeks ahead. And they did a lot more Spider-Man, even though he was absent from the big screen. There was Spider-Man shows. There was Spider Woman cartoon. You guys remember that one? I own it on bootleg. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? <laughs>
3: Did Spider-Ham ever have his own show? He did not. He's just from the comics, but I did watch the 80s Spider-Man. The reason I'm a big Spider-Man fan, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends in the 80s with The Incredible Hulk, the Marvel Hour narrated by Stan Lee that I watched on NBC in the 80s. This is where I grew up with Spider-Man, eventually at Comic-Con. I had Stan Lee sign a Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends action figure set so yeah, spider-man continued he had a big series in the 90s i don't know that spider-man ever left the public consciousness but other than spidey super stories on the electric company and this believe it or not this was not spider-man's last live action attempt until 2002 there is another and there is a movie
0: oh no do i have to watch this
3: (laughs) you may want to but we don't have to review it. The movie, it was shown at a film festival, but it's only the length of a TV episode. It was a 30-minute series in Japan called Supataman Oh, I've heard of this Japanese Spider-Man episode. Yes, it yes. actually started right around the time that this American series died and went in the late 70s. It did
0: 41 episodes. I actually went and watched the first one of these. It is amazing. It's like Peter got on the plane and he didn't go back to New York. He stopped off in Tokyo or something.
3: No, that's not quite it. It's a Japanese dirt bike racer. Okay, Okay. I'm sold. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) All
2: 41
3: episodes. Is visited by an alien from the planet
0: Spider. Oh, we're doing this. Where's that? Is that by Jupiter? (laughs) Planet Spider. Okay
3: who gives the dirt bike racer the powers of the Spider-Man in order to fight off an alien invasion led by Professor Monster.
2: Oh, God bless the Japanese.
3: (laughs) It gets better. Oh, it gets better. Oh, in addition to giving him the powers of the Spider-Man, he also gives him a magical bracelet. It's the only incarnation of Spider-Man other than the Arachne version where the suit has an origin because he pushes a button on the bracelet and the suit springs out of it.
2: Okay, that's very Flash. In the Flash comics, his suit comes out of a ring. So points off for creativity there, Japan. But you've won me over so far.
3: But the bracelet also allows him to call in Leopardon. Leopardon is a giant robot. Oh, it's Japan, of course. It looks like <laughs> Voltron. It flies in with a big leopard head until Spider-Man flies his race car into it
0: and transforms it into a giant Voltron-like robot. Nicholas Hammond is so jealous right now. All he ever got was that little spider bug that he drops on people. He got none of these toys. It is made with the most up-to-date Godzilla
3: technology, as giant aliens made by Professor Monster rampage over train sets, and then Leopardun piloted by Spider-Man fights back. The way this all came about is Marvel and the toy company in Japan, and that's T. O-E-I, not T-O-Y, said, hey, let's merge and you can use our licenses for anything. And so Marvel made some comics based on these toy toys. And the toy company was like, well, we're going to make Spider-Man interact with our toy Leopardon. You know, I said I didn't like Spider-Man
2: comics. I just haven't been reading the right ones. I got to seek out these Japanese crossover ones.
0: All right. So is this official or not? How much was Stan Lee involved in this?
3: Stanley went to Japan and gave input on the production, and when they did a Region 2 DVD release, he did a 10-minute interview about how much he admires their work. Oh, okay. I gotta say, it delivered more of what we wanted than the Chinese web, because being in Japan, everybody's a ninja in the show. Everybody's doing backflips. Spider-Man is all over the walls. They used far more special effects on this Spider-Man 70s Japanese version than they ever did on the U.S. version. I almost wish I'd reviewed... This instead of the American version for the Gazette because it had more of that, but they did some cheesy editing where like they'd have people do one backflip and then they'd show it four times and it was obvious jump cuts. So a very young audience would think they backflipped four times.
2: I gotta say though, what this lasted 42 episodes versus how many for the American version? About 14. Yeah. Japan's onto something here. Monsters, robots. Dirt bike riders. (laughs) I want this Spider-Man now. Let's start a now playing Japanese television review podcast. Let's do it.
3: The reason I can't stick with it is it reminded me a little too much of Power Rangers in every regard, you know, from the giant machines to the bad special effects. It was all subtitled. They didn't dub it. So that's one thing it had going for its favor. And you guys should just hear the opening credit song, Fight It on YouTube, Because it has supplanted the disco Spider-Man as my ringtone. When people call me now, it goes, hey, hey, hey,
0: wow! Hey, 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 wow! Oh, I
3: love the Japanese.
2: Love them. Love that culture.
0: It sounds like good fun. You know, I... Like TV that's compulsively watchable, this sounds like all kinds of silliness. I would have a good time with it. I'm not sure it would sustain my interest for all the episodes, but 23 minutes, I'm sure I would love it. But then that was it till 2002. Spider-Man would not be live action
3: for 20-some years.
0: I remember all the years of development, particularly after Burton's Batman. It was the next one. I remember talking, even at the time, with people saying, oh, Spider-Man will be out in 1990, you know... They went through Dick Tracy. They went through Blade. They went through Spawn. So many other superheroes before they got to Spider Man. It's kind of incredible that it took so long.
2: I'll be honest, you know, sitting around with my comic book friends, where we talk about, oh, that Spider Man movie, it's coming out. It's coming out soon. Who's going to be Peter Parker? We always wanted Steve Gutenberg.
3: Like, because <laughs> in the 90s, you know, in the 80s and 90s, that's a that's
0: different.
3: Yeah. I remember in 90. Reading in Wizard Magazine, this was when I was a comic book fan, I remember, Stuart, you and I were geeking out, this might have even been 91, 92, reading that they were finally going to make Spider-Man the movie, and it was going to use The Abyss and Terminator 2 technology, and Spider-Man was going to be played by my favorite actor at the time, Charlie Sheen, (laughs) (laughs) Young
0: Webs, and the villain was going to be Venom. I was so jazzed. I was more excited by the fact that James Cameron was really shepherding the property, that he really wanted for many, many years to do it, and I'm not even sure why it wound up not being him. I imagine it's one of those creative differences and people not getting along, but for the longest time, I had heard he was going to bring his longtime collaborator, Michael Bain, Hicks from Aliens, and the bad guy from The Abyss. He was going to use him as his Peter Parker, and I kind of missed that. I like James Cameron. I would have liked to have seen what he would have done. Well, make no mistake, there were a lot of names attached to this. In the 80s,
3: it was Stuart Gordon, you know, reanimator, Bride of Reanimator Stuart Gordon, and he was g- not going to stay true to the comics at all. He was going to have Peter Parker bitten by a spider, becoming a giant monstrous murderous spider like Mansquito. Um, oh,
2: happened in the comics. Well, Eventually. yeah,
3: he didn't
0: become murderous, but yeah, he did. He became a giant spider. <laughs> he, yeah, You're right. You are right. Oh, wow. well, that would have been something that would have been surprising <laughs> and potentially terrible. I wish they had made it just so we could review it in this retrospective. You know, the taste in my mouth at this point, I feel like I already did. <laughs> But no, eventually,
3: Sam Raimi would bring Spider-Man to the big screen in the new millennium, and we will be discussing that next week. So Stuart, Jacob, thank you for joining me. I can't wait to get back to New York.
0: Turn off the dark.
3: And <laughs> until next time, remember, with great podcast comes great responsibility.
0: It's all my fault.
1: I drove Spider-Man away. He was the only one who could have stopped Octavius. Yes, Spider-Man was a hero. I just couldn't see it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the now-playing Spider-Man Retrospective Series.
3: It's good to have you back, Spider-Man
1: part of our Marvel Comics movie retrospective series. It's hip, it's now, it's wild. and how. Crawl on the World Wide Web to nowplayingpodcast.com each Tuesday and Friday as we review another Spider-Man movie through the release of The Amazing Spider-Man in July. What are you waiting for? Chinese New Year? Go, go, go! And be sure to visit the Vinganza Media Gazette at VenganzaMedia.com forward slash gazette to read Arnie's reviews of every episode of the 1970s Spider-Man TV series. Far be it for me to interfere with the First Amendment. Be my guest. While at NowPlayingPodcast.com, go to our archives. You can find reviews of other comic-based movie series, such as The Avengers, Batman, X-Men, Blade, Ghost Rider, and Punisher.
0: Hey, where are all my comic books? Oh,
1: Those dreadful things, I gave those away. We also have non-comic-based movie reviews, such as Star Trek, Rocky, Transformers, The X-Files, Tron, and many more. There
0: are bigger things happening here than
1: me and you. You will also find individual movie reviews, such as Green Lantern, Cowboys and Aliens, Avatar, and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World.
0: I am so loving this. Oh, me too.
1: While at NowPlayingPodcast.com, be sure to join our forums where you can discuss this show with other listeners.
0: Came. Looks like just in the nick
1: of time. You can also follow Now Playing on Facebook and Twitter where the hosts post new episode announcements and written movie reviews. I'll be there. The links to our social media pages can be found at NowPlayingPodcast.com. I'm going. I'll be here when you get back. Support from listeners like you help keep Now Playing operating.
0: Everybody needs help sometimes, Peter, even Spider Man.
1: You can find a donate button using PayPal at the bottom of our website, nowplayingpodcast.com. Meat. I'll send you a nice bunch of Christmas meat. Best I can do. Get out of here. You can also show your love of Now Playing Podcast by shopping in our store, where you can buy t-shirts, totes, boxers, coffee mugs, teddy bears, and much more.
0: Looks uncomfortable. It gets kind of itchy. It rides up in the crotch a little bit, too.
1: Now Playing's Spider-Man Retrospective series is edited by Arnie. Misery, misery,
3: misery, that's what you've chosen.
1: Now Playing Credit Narration by Brock.
3: And I've never even seen his
1: face. Now Playing is not affiliated with Marvel Enterprises or Columbia Pictures. Spider-Man and all that the Marvel Universe contains is the property and trademark of the Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. What are you, his lawyer? Get out of here. Let him sue me. Get rich like a normal person. The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Vinganza Media Incorporated. I missed the part where that's my problem. Now Playing is a Vinganza Media production. Copyright 2012. All rights reserved. Enough said.
3: Alright, um, Chinese Web or Night of the Dragon? Uh it's the Dragon's Challenge, isn't it? Okay. Uh Chinese Web <laughs> you didn't
0: call or- it Night of the Dragon. Let's watch that movie. I probably <laughs> yeah. like it.
3: This is the, the Dragon's What? Challenge. Challenge. Okay, is it or is it Night of or is it the Chinese web? I,
2: I Which what was on the opening credits?
3: Well, because we saw the T V version. Oh. I've I've seen both. The T V version was the Chinese web. The Japanese Laserdisc version I hoarded to myself. Oh jeez.
0: Let's <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go with the Japanese laser disc.
3: <laughs> the uh, the US VHS. Yeah. The theatrical. Uh, Chinese. Do web. we go that's with the t- TV or theatrical title? I think we should go with theatrical. Okay. Let's go
0: with the title that people can actually look up to find it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a funny joke. want to see, you know what I mean? Like to actually watch it. If anyone cares enough to, to watch it, we should give them the title that's YouTubable. Believe,
3: <laughs> believe it or not, it's under IMDb as both. Wow. Well, all right. Well then. Okay. All right. Let's just here. <clears throat> Starring Nicholas Hammond, Michael Patecki, Michael Patecki. No, he's not in this. I'm looking at the wrong cast. List. <laughs> God damn it!
2: Are you looking at the Chinese Web one or the Dragon's <laughs> Challenge? Yeah, he's on the I'm looking Japanese at
0: Knight of the
3: Clones of all things. <laughs>
0: Night of the Clones?
3: Yes, it's one of the episodes I reviewed on the Gazette. Oh. I don't know. I missed Larry White the whole series. I missed David White the whole series. I missed Larry (laughs) Tate the whole series. What was his real name? I don't know his real name.
0: I don't know who he is and why you miss him, but all right. He's Darren's boss from Bewitched. Come on. Oh, yes, right.
2: Maybe, maybe we'll review that TV series when we get to our Bewitched retrospective with the <laughs> Nicole Kidman, Will Ferrell film.
0: My nose and other parts of me are twitching <laughs> just thinking about that.
3: That was this episode, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes. I've seen so much Spider-Man. <laughs> Do you recommend Spider-Man The Dragon's Challenge? Stuart? Me? Stuart first? Okay, oh, sorry. <laughs>